Hi, I'm Dr. Drew, and this is Dr. Drew After Dark. Please be advised that Dr. Drew After Dark may contain sexually oriented content and be unsuitable for young children. Hey everybody, welcome to Dr. Drew After Dark. Uh, keep those calls coming at 818-253-1693 and also the emails at drdrewafterdark at gmail.com. And uh, get the merch at uh, merchmethod.com slash Tom Segura because, you know, Tom Segura is the mastermind behind this. Like our friend uh, Kreischer said, uh, what's wrong with him? The stuff he puts on these t-shirts is like, what's wrong with him? But uh, so you guys like it, evidently. Today, welcoming Matt Bronger to the show. Matt, welcome. Thank you. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at uh, mattbronger.com uh, for all my tour stuff, uh, at Bronger on Twitter and uh, at Matt Bronger on um, Facebook and at Bronger. Spelled B-R-A-U-N-G-E-R. Yeah, uh, exactly. Mad TV, is that what you guys were on? Uh, that's, that's what I, I yes. was in Love Line. I was uh, tell, reminding you, uh, me and Arden Marine uh, back in 2008. So the last, the last wow. cast before it got canceled. Yes, that was a fun thing to drive out to, uh, to because I that was kind of like the first big show I was on. Mm-hmm. So it was fun to be just like, hey, uh, and I'm on Love Line. Look at this. This is very cool. And yeah. I remember I was really I was hard pitching an idea because it was my first time I'd come up. I'd seen you up close, mm. and I was like, yeah, I, I drew Doctor Drew's a good looking guy, but I didn't realize he was in such good shape. You know, where I was just like, oh yeah, and I was pitching you being on the show with no shirt on and jeans. <laughs> And like just hanging out and helping people, but like constantly, like you're just too oiled. It's interesting. And I remember, I, remember I, that. I, I had that memory because I was just like, I was like, I remember just pitching that, and you were like, ah, okay, like you're laughing. But it's like no one's gonna be like, it'd be weird if you're like, that's a, I love that. I can't wait. I'll do that. Let's sketch. get going. That sounds fantastic. Oh, that sounds like me at so, home. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Mad TV was filmed over at Hollywood Center Studios. That yeah, correct. Used to, uh-huh. and, and we used to film Love Line with Corolla in the. Season one. Oh, well, wow. well, when you guys were season one, we were like season two of Love Line, something like that. Oh, okay, it was, it was okay. the nineties. And uh and, well, you know, and we were we moved from Hollywood Center Studios to or where when it was I'm sorry, like I because I, I was a PA on Hollywood uh, Center yeah. Studios, so it's like I, my wires are crossed. But anyway, like long story long, where the, the, the studio was and the parking lot was is now the tower of Netflix. Like Netflix, yes, that, that building. They oh, yeah, the Tribune, that yes. old Tribune stuff. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, or by KTLA and mm-hmm, all that business. Yeah. Yeah, and so th- in those days, I mean, it was, it was Will Sasso and Nicole Sullivan yeah, and sure. all those guys. I think I think Bobby Lee was on it even then, maybe? Yeah, he was on with me. And, he was on a long time. And um, from Family Guy, Alex Borstein. Yep. And uh, they'd, they would come, the cast would come on our, our set and be a guest every year at the end, towards the end of their season. And every from season one on, they would start and they go, oh, "We've been canceled. Yeah, we've been canceled. That's it. This thing is not going on." Yeah. And season, I'm never forget. I think it was season two or three of theirs. We were like season four or five. They're like, "Look, I know we say this every year, but this it's done. Uh-huh. It's over. It's uh-huh. absolutely over." Yeah. And fast forward ten years, you guys are still doing it. Mm-hmm. Crazy. It was a great show, by the way. Thanks. I mean, look, I had a blast. I mean, I was literally on for half a season, and then they canceled it. Mo, Mo Collins. <laughs> so and- like, yeah, you know, I was, I was, yeah. Oh, I love Mo. And it, I got the thing is, I got to know all of them yeah. because they would still come back for some sketches and stuff. Well, and what to- makes me sad is they were all brilliant sketch comics, mm-hmm. and they're not really doing that much sketch that that you can easily get your hands on. Yeah, which well, is it, it was one of those things. It had uh, immediate accessibility, and it also it had. I mean, I saw you know being a uh, cast member and a fly on the wall. I saw so many sketches that never made it to to tape that I was just like, that's brilliant. I still ones I still think about because we had, 
you know, all these amazing writers like uh, Katie Dippold, who was like my favorite writer to work with uh, back then. She wrote, you know, The Heat and the Ghostbusters remake and stuff. Wow. And so, yeah, she's working with Paul Feig all the time now. And uh, I think I think she might have wrote Spy with him, too. Uh, you know, so it's like they're, they you had this hive mind of incredible comedy. But, yeah, it became. And, and it really was better than most of snl in the last couple of years right? uh, yeah i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't argue with that yeah. and, and you know i i think it's great now though that sketch is kind of coming back where it's gonna where be new. where well, there's netflix it? is putting out some new sketch shows are they uh-huh yeah um i think you should leave is like one of the funniest things out there i think so you know it's, I, you kind of got to dig there's is that a netflix the black yeah uh that's on netflix and there's yeah. the the black lady sketch show which is on hbo well that is, i've been starting to watch the first episode i was like oh, i'm not fully mm-hmm. in but i've heard it's good so i'm gonna keep watching yeah see i haven't I've and it's not really sketch though it feels more scripted is that true that's sketch sketch is scripted yeah but, yeah yeah you know, I mean, uh, unless you're talking about it. Well, it feels like you guys did a lot of spontaneous stuff. There lot. was a lot, yeah, and where we'd like feed off the audience, and you would just throw out a uh, a line you just made yeah. up in, in your dumb head, and they were like, "Oh, let's keep it, leave it." Right, in, right, know? right. That's what it felt like anyway. From right, that. sure. All right, so tell me about you. Where'd you grow up? Uh, grew up in Portland, Oregon, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, let's see, basically, uh, didn't really play sports. Was always a performer. Like from, I, I was cast in a play in fifth grade hmm. called The Villain in the Toy Shop. I was the villain. And then uh, I just, I, I remember that was kind of what made me just, like uh, I got a laugh at one point doing so, something silly. Was that more comedic acting you wanted to do? It, it, well, that was, it was just like a, a, a weird play for, for kids, I think. I, I mean, I had the top hat and a mustache and the cape. <laughs> like I was the villain. I was the guy that would tie <laughs> a, 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 a woman to the, to the train tracks yeah. for sure. Uh, and I, I just, I got a laugh doing that. And, and I, you know, it was the, the, uh, like a horrible biography would say. And then he was hooked that that was early. So in. what do you think that did for you? Um, I, I was already an only child. Mm. So I'm, I'm effed right there anyway, in a way. In trouble. In of, yes. In terms, I just, I, I, I feed off attention. I need attention. I also ha- was the child of two parents who had, who were from larger families. My dad had six brothers and three sisters. My mom had a had a brother and a sister. I guess that's not that large, but they uh, made it a point to only have one kid, and uh, they were very progressive. So they would they were very very um, uh, like I want to say I, helpful is the first word that comes true. They they were fantastic parents, and they are. Yeah. But it was just, Except... just like you you like you like were they intrusive? No, not not really. Just very. Very loving and caring and very um, supportive of, of everything. And so, sometimes I wonder if they were too supportive. So and, sort of like so my generation made that mistake, right? Okay. And my, my gen, your parents are probably older than me though, right? Yeah, well, they, yeah, they're, they're 70. Yeah, a little um, older. Yeah. So what? they're probably part of the same parenting generation that okay. I was in. And we were, we were watching a Mindhunter the other day. You watched that series? Yeah, I love it. I read and, the book when I was okay. in my 20s. And my wife and I were like, oh, that's right. When we were growing up, that's all we heard every day. Uh-huh. Kids are kidnapped. Kids are getting killed. Right. And, and you know, we were walking to school in terror every day. Uh-huh. And our parents were like, yeah, yeah, go on, go ride your bike to school. And we were like, but we, you know, yeah, all yeah. you'd hear about all day long is the Hillside Strangler and sure. the... And the and the uh, Manson murders and the press was just all day pumping this shit out. Yeah. And uh, it affected us, I think, as parents. Mm-hmm. Like, well, we're parents. We're going to watch our kids. You know, they're yeah. going to get abducted. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that was in the back of our heads. And 
we also um, felt a little neglected. Okay. Right? That, but this is my generation. Right, sure. And so we're certainly not going to do that. We're going to get on top of our kids and yes. we're going to educate them. We're going to be... Absolutely. And what we ended up doing was not letting you experience the world <laughs> right. or fail mm -hmm. because we were too busy being on top. You were helicoptering and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and that was a failure of ours. That was a mistake. Well, it, it, in my case, I think it was a thing of just if, if that's... Thank God it wasn't something like where I had a new dream every week. If, right. I'd be fucked if that was the case. Because you'd be on like, it, just do I'm it. I'd be the best yeah. sword fighter in yeah, the world. It could have happened. World. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's, it's, I, I remember the, the funniest version of that to me because they supported me in everything. Yeah. I always just wanted to be a performer, so yeah. there, here we are. But... Uh, I remember like starting to like, you know, you have friends that are doing sports, you start working out with them and stuff. And, and my dad was like, well, you know, if you're gonna be a bodybuilder nowadays, just start like Ooh. bodybuilder. What? <laughs> it was such a random thing, but it, I that's why I love him because he just like, he would just be like, go get him, whatever it is. Well, you know? it, I imagine that at a certain point it makes you feel a little, I don't, I don't know what the right word is, diminished. Because yeah. it's like, well, I can't be a bodybuilder. No. Why, why do you think I can do that? It's like kind of, it, it's, it's not genuinely you. No. And so it's no. sort of missing who and you I, are a little bit. I don't have that. Someone was talking about how every, uh, uh, I think it was, it was Dak Shepard saying how hey, there's a trainer that he's worked with that everybody who, did, you know, hires this guy on, he's like, you know, a thousand an hour or something insane. Oh. He's like, it's probably not that, but yeah. he's like, uh, what, what body do you want? And the person's like, uh, well, and he's like, don't even tell me. I know what it is. I know what your your celebrity body is. Like, what? Brad Pitt and Fight Club. And every guy's like, how did you? <laughs> how did? He's like, because that's what everyone. But you can't have that body because you're not Brad Pitt. Like, right. you don't have that bone structure. So like, right. I've always had like rounded shoulders, and I'm built like kind of a lava lamp. Like, my, I'm knock kneed. <laughs> so like, you're not gonna have a bodybuilder with with a you know a weak chin, and somehow he's just. <laughs> worked against well you can physiology. but you gotta take shit tons of steroids yeah <laughs> we can do that with true. anybody given enough pharmacology that's true but my i you know my i my my mother's dad uh was a huge lawyer in in chicago and and uh his law partner was actually henry hyde of the hyde amendment wow which is what i uh, know what that is basically one of the chief restrictions against abortion abortion rights oh uh, so my mother declared herself a democrat at like age 10 oh interesting it, it's a phase nope <laughs> my mom's been working you know as a lefty for the longest and you know as that's what so I am rebelling now. against your grandfather for sure but like my dad uh so i think you know my grandfather never he saw her as lesser because she was a woman and uh or a female and my dad um he his grandfather or his dad i'm certain never told any of his kids he loved them i don't think you yeah, know yeah. I, they he my dad wrote a little thing once about his childhood about like how they all woke up when his he, they heard their dad's zippo lighter dad's awake like they'd hear that yeah. he smoked it he lit his first cigarette in the morning yeah. so i think it was just that that perfect storm of them never missing missing an opportunity to tell me i was i was great or i yeah. was loved what, this is what they wanted when they were kids which, which is which is fantastic but it also you add that to only childness you well whenever it's excessive whenever anything is excessive in mm -hmm. parenting it's not optimal sure it's not bad there's nothing bad and, about it but, but it's not optimal because whenever, whenever you're compensating for your parents mm -hmm. it's still a compensation you're and, still going and, and excessively you know, i wouldn't even I, I wish i could say something as easy as it was excessive i don't think it was he didn't feel excessive but i would compare it to someone who already has uh, a fa familial history of heart disease that loves cheeseburgers you know what i mean or or, or alcoholism having their first beer at a high school party and being like oh right. this is the feeling i've been looking for you know that kind of thing where with me i already loved attention like i i i would run in the kitchen and and 
my mom was, I'd be like, speaking of which, and I didn't hear anything anyone had said, just to kind of insert myself into the conversation. How'd that, you know? go, in, how'd that go in high school? Uh, well, this is when I was like four. I know, something. I'm just saying, if you still adopted that same policy eight years later. Oh, no, uh, I, I, I wasn't as bad as that person that when people are laughing, walks up laughing. <laughs> that was a good one, whatever you said. Uh, but it, 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 is that, it is that feeling of... I. I in later years, I've I've realized, you know, it kind of translated to 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 big bouts of FOMO, you know, like fear of missing out. Where it's kind of like now I feel I'm free of it. I'm I'm happily married and things. And but it was a thing where oh, there's someone had a party and they didn't invite me or oh, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. Sure, where it's just like you're better off not there. Yes, yes. There's no magical place you're supposed to be right now. Right, interesting. Point, you know, and relationships were always good with you, or did they have trouble with relationships? No, troubled. I I I uh, was a like a a boyfriend all through the most of my twenties and then, uh, well, most of my thirties, just, uh, serial, uh, non-dater just, uh, why, why do we have to define this? Let's just oh, yeah. be cool. Let's I was hang that guy. Out. Yeah. yeah. I was like, uh, that's that. Yeah, exactly. I, that was me. Or, you know, I would sleep with someone and then like never call them. And mm. yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not that I'm proud of. And right. You know, if you feel bad now when you start thinking about it, I'm sure, I know the way men were sort of uh, encouraged along for many, many years. <laughs> you were just, hey, man, whatever, it's just easy. No big sure. deal. They don't care. You don't care. Yeah. You end up hurting people with that stuff. Yeah, you do. Because it's we, we tend to, you know, as the, if, if I may be crude for a moment, yeah. as the ones when it's a male-female situation, we are beyond, uh, putting ourselves into someone else's body. Mm-hmm. And so for us, it doesn't feel personal. But the I can't imagine there's anything more personal than someone and, being and a, inside a, of you. A very different so, biology is true. Yes, and and so it's it's this thing of of it's it's of course very easy for us to be the ones who are just like whoa whoa I didn't promise you anything I didn't say it's like yeah but we've been hanging out every weekend for three months I know where you got the idea Why would a, you think you know yeah this a relationship yeah so there there was there was a lot of that I my my wife uh, my wife is my ex manager. And we would just, uh, we would occasionally hook up here and there. And we're like, wait, what are we doing? And I wasn't honest with myself about my feelings with her and things like that. And she was aware of this and we broke up a few times. And Well, it, it does sound like, I mean, the, the one thing that makes you sort of push away stuff is, is if you did feel a little bit intruded on growing up. By the, I mean, the, if the parents were a little too... Oh, that's interesting. It's, a, it's just an emotional sort of valence. It's like mm. they're a little too into you. Like literally the boundaries weren't that clear. Maybe. So, like if if you were miserable, would they be miserable? Would they have to make you be better? Uh, no, I, I... Or you I, were never miserable? No, I was sure. It was childhood after yeah. all, of course, for sure. Yeah. Uh, there was... There, 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 there was I, I was very emotional as a kid. I was very much... Um, uh, like over overly serious about certain things. And, you know, just like how every kid is. They have the world figured out kind of thing. And, and But I was also... Uh, uh, I, I think too, too nostalgic for a kid, you know. Nostalgic feel, to your past, yes. And you know, like like I'd be a, longing for it, longing for like younger days when yeah, I was yeah. kind of it's it just and and so, so the people, kind of like things were better then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh boy, I blew that chance. I wasted that because I was very. Um, you spoiled it. Like yeah, I, I felt like I did, or I, I and I also I think you're you can't. I don't think you should be that sentient as a kid, you know, where you're just kind of aware of, 
you're, you're, you're always overthinking things. Did you have like an exceptional memory too? Like you remember <sighs> everything in your early childhood? May, I think m much better than now. That's for sure. Because yeah. there's something that goes along with that longing is sort of a rehearsal too. You're oh, rehearsing yeah, memories yeah. and things and then they become more attractive and distorted mm -hmm. and idealized. Yeah. And so longing, some, some people talk about certain personality states as longing for the end of longing. Yeah. I had a big dose of that too. I, I can relate to that. Yeah, yeah I, it, I, I, I kind of just looked at it as like they're like, uh, oh, oh, you, you, it's, it's a, it's you don't want things to change. Well, for, you want things to be just like they I, were at I, this one time. Idealized, and it probably wasn't. Yes, yes. idealized. It wasn't even that yes. good back then. And, anyway. and I can see how that kind of a fantasy connection would lend itself to a connection with an audience. Yeah, because that's kind of what an audience relationship is. Oh, absolutely. It's sort of an idealized, intense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a. It's just like never. A, it's it's frozen in the moment. Kind exactly. Of. Yeah, it'll, yeah. And that's the great thing about doing stand up is that it'll it'll never be like this again. But that's a good thing. Yeah. Once yeah. it's over, we'll all go home. We'll have stuff to talk about. It'll be fun. Uh, but it it anything can happen in the moment. That's why comedy specials are never as good as actually being there. Right. And they're great. They're better than they've ever been. They're incredibly produced. Also, the the, the relationship amongst the audience members and then the audience with the the performers yes. is something uniquely human. There's something uh, yeah, really it, powerful it, about that. It's a it's a it's a, a physical connection. Yeah, I, as, I, as well I, as emotional. I by physical bodily based. I yeah, agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. it's not just our brains and our ears and you know. Mm -hmm. We're not just our brains inter interacting; we're interacting as beings, yeah, their bodies. Uh, and so, when did stand up enter into the picture? Uh, that was uh, when I I moved to Chicago, uh, fresh out of college. And were you were out of college? Were you? I'm going to be a stand up, or I'm going to no, be, a, I'm gonna be an, a, actor? an actor? Yeah. I was an actor. Yeah, I just wanted to be an actor. Yeah. Uh, I always loved comedy. I was always pretty funny, but I, I just never. Did you care what kind of acting? Stage acting? Uh, I I kind of wanted to do it all. Yeah, and that, that that was a huge theme of of my young life, kind of direction with misdirection. You know, like not, oh, I just want to be an actor. And if someone said that to me, I'd be like, yeah, that all that. <laughs> like, I just said two things. Yeah, uh, but I I got it. I. I half-heartedly tried to break into stage acting in Chicago, which is why I went there, and didn't really, uh, didn't really get in. But it didn't really pursue it too ardently either. You know, uh, I was kind of just having fun and and hanging out with people I waited tables with. And then some of them were doing improv, so I started doing improv. And then uh, I would just, I just dropped in at an open mic and with some stuff I had written and. Uh, and did really well, and, and which is the worst thing that can happen to you first time you just you're, you're hooked. Then, well, you're hooked. You think it's also, always going to be like this. You think this. it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, then I bombed for weeks, you oh, know. Yeah. But uh, then it then it it started uh, getting better, and I and I was in with a a, a pretty great crew of, of people that really didn't have. I feel sorry for people that start out uh, now and, and or in places like New York or L.A. because. This era we're in, there's a lot of focus on stand-up comedy, whereas I don't know if it's that warranted. I think people will find it anyway, and we're always kind of discussing it and things. And, you know, I think that's that's more good than bad, but it's hard if you're starting out because mm -hmm. it's hard to get noticed. Like when I was starting out, I didn't I didn't even think about getting noticed. If there's a festival come to town, I would try to get into that. And if I got into that, it was like, wow. Like it felt like I won an Oscar mm -hmm. to just get into a festival. It's like, oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, someone else is saying I'm stand-up other than me. And so it was this this uh, great time where the pinnacle of all of our weeks was going to this uh, open mic called The Lion's Den that was on uh, Monday nights. Uh, and we would all sign up, and they'd put up 30 or 40 comedians, and there'd be 
amazing people and people that were terrible and people that were doing weird things, but it was just like, it was, it was a happening. Yeah. You know? So it's like, it was, I was it, lucky that way. And did, was it Zanies that in there? A lot of us. Yeah, Zanies was, Zanies was there, but it was the only comedy club within our area of the old, city old limits. Town. Unless you were, or, yeah, in Old Town. Yeah. Unless you were going to go all the way to the south side. Well, the uh, second city is right there, right? Yeah, it is, but it, they don't do stand-up. Right, right, right. So uh, you had Zanies, but it was just, you know, Zanies is like 100 seats. is tiny. And, and uh, that's why you, if you, I've played Zanies plenty of times since headline, but uh, you do it a lot of times a week. But back in those days, you know, they didn't want to let any of us do guest spots with the exception of like one or two of them. And, you know, when you're like, you know, a uh, uh, young, dumb, you know, idiot, you're kind of like, well, they said no once. I'm not going to ask again, <laughs> you know? <laughs> would, would any of the people that you were waiting tables with or doing stand-up with, uh, names mm -hmm. we would know? Oh, uh, it's the people I started out with, uh, it's it's a murderer's row. It's uh, Kyle Kinane, Hannibal Burris, Pete Holmes, Kamal Nanjiani. Um, TJ Miller came later. These are all the stand-up guys. Uh, these are stand-up yeah. guys. Uh, John Roy, I don't know if you know him. Uh, Nate Craig, uh, Emily DeRezis. Uh, it, 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 all the people that are like, at, at the very least, still making a living at it and, yeah. do, and doing and doing many of them well. acting and many as well them, now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Kamel's uh, just going to be in the new Marvel universe. Pete, movie. Pete, so and, Pete's killing it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, it, but it it was this Burgess, and there's people that who like Burris rather. Uh, Burris, yeah, yeah, Burris. yeah. yeah Bur Burris is like a yeah. He's he's uber famous. He's like a space alien. Like he can <laughs> he can show up anywhere and be like, I'm doing a show tonight, and it'll sell out. Wow, like, he's just got that. Well, that the, the Cosby thing. Put, yes. pushed him up. That's what definitely and pushed him up. That was a weird kismet. You oh, know? I know. Yeah. Like, he but just, he just pushed the button at the right moment. Yeah. And and, and didn't even mean to. Someone I was know. just filming it and they put it up. I know. What a crazy thing. That's the other thing about comedy that not, not necessarily scares me. I don't really do anything that's all that risque, but you know, you think like, oh, you're just having a weird night and you just say something crazy and someone films it and puts it up out of context, you know? And it's, it's it <laughs> again, I'm not afraid for me. But you know, there people are waiting to attack. They're yeah. just waiting to jump and be outraged. Well, when you mentioned the amount of uh, serial killer coverage in your childhood, I mean, it's that same thing. It's just clickbait. That was clickbait then. Clickbait now is anything. It, it's true, but and at least the competition is worse. Right. The it's, it's more diffuse. Yes. This was like three channels doing the same yeah. thing, pumping it out at the kids. All yeah. Day, and uh -huh. then no concern for how children were being traumatized by what they were. Yeah, exactly. What they were presenting. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's get to a couple of videos okay. here shall we let's just do it yeah let's see what we got all right uh here we go this first guy now matt i don't know if you you know have any issues with road rage or <laughs> know anything about that I, I i do have something of an anger problem oh this, seriously I, yeah that I, I, I would not have predicted it's that it's just it's just it's just if it's a short fuse if i'm to a certain point where like wait wait, the, wait. is the, it a long fuse but when it goes it blows hmm it's hard i i just I could see I, that. I've, I've overreacted for sure. That makes sense. I've, I've definitely overreacted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the running gag with my wife and I now it's a running gag is like was like after we broke up and got back together. I'm like the biggest trick you pulled is convincing me I had the anger problem because she has like a long simmer that's just you just grows cold. You know, like Moriarty, like yeah, the yeah. hood up. You'll yeah. never hear my name again. I'm kind of just like. Dah! You know, I just snap. Got it. Do, so. do you have? Do you not like anger? You afraid of anger? No, I, I think it. Honestly, it kind of feels good, okay. but I feel that's why you shouldn't be quick to anger because mm -hmm. it is just a satisfying thing to yeah. throw a tantrum. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. So, okay. So this, this yeah. guy is... That was a really good uh, uh, preamble to this. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, good. Um, so, right. yeah, just tell me if you th if you could relate to this guy or if you think he's overreacting. Oh, okay. okay. Great. 
Come on. Fuck. We don't see him. We don't see him. Huh? Oh, what, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Huh? Put him on tape? Surfer against a queer? Huh? Is that what you're going to do? Tough guy. What's going on here? Whoa. What happened outside of El Cholo? Vehicle code. Big shot. 21760. Really huh? 21760. Oh, Three feet. I you so fucking good. If there wasn't any witnesses, you know what I'd do to you? I'd pull Trump on What's you. What's your name? Huh? My name is your worst enemy, motherfucker. My name is your worst enemy. You want to... I'm your Huckleberry, buddy. <laughs> oh, I'm your fucking Huckleberry. You short little fucking punk. What happened here? What are we looking oh, at? I think, I, I think what happened was that he is either a bicyclist. I think he's a bicyclist. Yeah, he's a bicyclist. He's got a little he mirror cut, on. He's got a mirror on the off. side of his glasses. Or is that? Are those Google glasses or something? Yeah, this is from a while ago. Okay. Um, okay. But I think this bicyclist cut him off in traffic, and this guy is just having none of it. Wow. I like the way they're outside of El Cholo. Yeah. I, <laughs> like, I know exactly where that is. Right. <laughs> Because you are way over in our lane. No, that's my lane. No, it's, it's not Cheryl. your lane. It's, it's not Cheryl. Your lane. Look at the law. Look I'll at the law. Watching you. You're lucky today, Look at buddy. The law. You're I lucky am. today. What's your name? Huh? My name is your worst enemy. Oh, you he told you already. Fucking faggot. Oh boy. Oh, that's nice. Wow. This dude's all class. He is. I like to look at the hair there. That, that uh, he's taking a page from the president. It looks yeah. like. <laughs> So, Matt, have you ever gotten to that level with a stranger? No, you know, I've come very close to like, those times where you one, chase someone, you know, Ooh. drive after them Ooh, when they cut you dude. off. Oh, no. You just think about it. You're like, I'm going to do it, you know? Uh, and, no. then, uh, and two, jump out, like, abandon you, your you car. You have jumped out of the car? No, no, no. But, okay. like, I've, I've, I've had that inclination where someone. Well, I think I mean, everyone has that impulse. Yeah. But then... I mean, I, I, had a, I had a kid cut me off once and flip me off. Like, he cut me off. Yeah. Where it was like a double fuck you. Yeah, you know? yeah. It cut me off was enough of a fuck you. And then it was this. But when no, they, no, no. Gets... I, would never, I would never do this because, because anytime you have. The thing that I always think about in terms of fighting, physically fighting as a man, is it doesn't end. Until a cop comes, until or once Somebody, somebody's away. hurt badly, it's bad. It's yeah. bad. We don't have, you know, not that I'm pro kids fighting. <sighs> I'll just say that. But when you're a kid, it's like you're little, and you're not. You can't hurt each other that much, and it's going to get broken up pretty fast. Right. You know what I mean? There are right. teachers around. I'm not saying meet me in an alley. I'm saying, yeah, like, yeah. You know. And we used to have these little. I remember we had this little this little hill. We'd go settle disputes on. We'd huh. like go and, and fight, and if you fell down the hill, it doesn't was over. sound very Portlandia. It's funny. I never thought about that because no one else had a hill like that. They would just punch each other in the hallway or something. But uh, uh, it, it, when it comes to stuff like this, I'm always, I always think, if if I get into it with this guy, where does this end? You well, know, and, and where does it end? In? And a lot these days, a lot of people that that piss us off are yeah. people that are like on meth or something. Absolutely, I mean, you really don't know what what's, you, you don't know. So I move on. I'm yeah, trying to get from one place to another. Yeah, it's 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 oh gosh, and the guy, you're lucky that camera's on. Is that the end of this? Uh, we have a little bit more. Give me a little more. Okay. Oh, come on, come on. I'm just looking at come you. On. I'm not coming after you. No, not you're not, because you're, you. you're afraid, aren't you? You're a pussy, that's why. Think you're a tough guy on your fucking stupid little bike, but you're a short little fucking pussy, right? And you don't want to fuck with a guy like me, a surfer. Oh, my God. That lives surfer? in this fucking town. He's a Puts surfer? Puts up with your fucking shit all the time. He's a surfer? Wow. Wow, that's scary. You're a yeah, surfer. That, that guy has some serious personal issues. Like oh, it, yeah. It's, it's, there, it's not even the guy with the bike. It's a million other issues in his life that oh, he wants yeah. to punch in the mouth. I, well, I, I don't know. I just, I just, like, he seems altered. But what, yeah, what, he does. Uh, like yeah. His voice keeps cracking strangely. Uh, something's up. But what, where, where is this? Or when was this? Um, I, th 
I think this might have been like three or four years ago. Okay. Some beach community. I think I remember it being like. Well, he's a surfer, no, no, come no, He's on. a surfer. Yeah, he's definitely a surfer, El and you know Cholo. he doesn't like. Yeah, shoebies. what's he doing on that strip of western? Where El Cholo? There's no surfing around there. I mean, is it that El Cholo? Is another El Cholo? Oh, maybe, maybe. there's yeah. another. There there's there's a few of them around. There are there. a few. Let's take you back then. Okay. Let's put the Huntington Beach. Have an El Cholo. Look that up. Oh, maybe it's Huntington Beach. Shero. See that symbol right there? Six R U A two two three. See this? See this? <laughs> see that this symbol? Means you're a fucking dead man walking. You oh. come onto my fucking land. Okay, you're a fucking dead man. Uh, I would argue that when you threaten somebody with death, that you're you're in trouble. Yeah, I, I think threatened. I think you kind of crossed the line there. Yeah. And, and I, I I don't know if he's calling that neighborhood his land. Oh, he or is. If he's, or if he's kind of going, don't come to my house. <laughs> is that, you know, is that, is that <laughs> like New- this guy's going to bike around on his lawn for a while? I think that's Newport Boulevard is what that is. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway. Well, good times. He's a surfer. Yeah. He's- <laughs> he looks like one. Not. So you, you wouldn't find any, you know, that's it's like, come on, what are you surfing, man? I don't know. Do you want to take a look at your next favorite person? I want, I want to first uh, get an email in here. Okay. I'm married in two weeks. My wife and I are both 27-year-old virgins, very nervous about having her first orgasm. She's had a bit of fear, which led to such a lengthy time without even masturbating. I have masturbated plenty, but just don't like but I just don't like people in general. That's quite a sentence. Here's the wow. sentence. That is strange. I have masturbated plenty, but just don't like people in general. Huh. That is the strangest sentence I've ever read. Is that a truncated version of I don't like the touch of another person? Maybe. Why he, why he masturbates so much? Yeah. That was that good good call. How do I ease her nerves? What do I do if she has a fibrous hymen or something like that? Shut up. Jesus. Is there anything else to expect on this first night? How do I, I help her? I don't know what that is. Most? Fibrous hymen is a hymen that needs to be actually ruptured by a doctor. Oh, It won't boy. break with the... And by the age of 27, she probably doesn't really have a hymen, really. Right. Yeah. yeah it's, it's I, I feel like it's... It's a younger thing. Yeah. Uh, and she here's the here's the good news for your wife. Not going to have an orgasm first time out. Hey, good pressure's news. off, pal. Pressure's off. She's not going to happen. Yep. So uh, maybe what you ought to work on is figuring out how you're going to give her her first orgasm. Yeah, and work toward it together. You're you're both virgins. Yeah. It'd go. be amazing if he was like, I just want to write to see. Will she be able to handle the thunderous orgasm she's going to have with me? <laughs> I, I would say just don't worry about any of that and worry no. about making her feel safe and comfortable and have a nice time. I, I would add that advice to any guy. Yes. Take the pressure off yes. right now. It's, it's good advice. Yeah. And uh, now let's get back to the show. When I was around eight, uh, another kid threw a wooden sword at my face, causing a one-inch scar under my eye. Sorry. Ooh. Four stitches. I had a shield, but was too low. <laughs> he has to tell us he had a shield. Yes. He was eight. Oh, my God. That's funny. I'm now 30, and last year, the scar has begun to itch like crazy. Reason, risk, solution. I've got a few scars from that age, and this is the only one having that issue. Um, I, Hard to know. We have to huh. look at it to see what's going on. I mean... I, I would, you know, it's irritation is what itching is. Something's causing some irritation. Maybe the scar is sort of hypertrophying for some reason. Maybe your face starts to fall. He's only 30. I don't know, but I will, you might want to try some hydrocortisone cream. That kind of helps that kind of thing. Let's see our next favorite person, shall we? All right. So this was a, a senior citizen that we covered, uh, oh. I want to say, three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's just working hard uh, for the money. <laughs> Oh, boy. Hello, sweetie pie. 
Hey, baby. Fuck you. What? Hi, it's me. I'm getting ready to log in. Okay, thanks. Where are you calling from, bitch? <laughs> now listen, bitch. Are you are you touching that dick right now? Don't touch that fucking cock and toe. It's not a fucking cock anymore. Now it's a clit, see? And your goddamn motherfucking asshole is your pussy. And I'm gonna take this goddamn motherfucking dick and I'm gonna ram it straight up your goddamn motherfucking pussy like there's no fucking tomorrow. Oh, wow. Wow. I think Matt's in love. This is great. Um, I love the super thick glasses. <laughs> That's yes. something. Well, I, somehow that adds something special to this. I love her work chair. I you love know, it. She got there and she she locked and loaded with everything. Yeah. And she's just sitting in her saddle right there. And this looks like it was back from the days when phone sex was a more common thing. Yes. I think the internet kind of took over for this stuff. Yeah. But it's interesting how she's so confident in her role. As, yes. As, oh, uh, yeah. She knows what she has to say is going to stimulate the guy. So yeah, she's a pro. Let's have and I and I, I felt I I I did not I love I mean this is kind of like the the old the old misdirection the old uh, switcheroo for me because I was you know expecting her to be just the the typical oh yeah oh, yes you're, you're, right oh you're I've never felt it so good you're touching every all of my spots right all this stuff but it was just a hey bitch. <laughs> You're, you're touching that dick, uh, bitch. Your penis like, is so whoa. small, it's a clitoris. Is that what that the Yeah, is she, that what she, she gave, she feminized him. Let's hear a little more of her, her shtick. Yeah. Yeah, I will say her, that she does have skin. a range. You know, this oh. is just one character. Oh, oh wow. let's see some more Very range. Cool. Would you like that goddamn motherfucking shit? What's she doing? Put you know, a puzzle. You puzzle. goddamn motherfucking shirt, bitch. If you don't like that goddamn motherfucking shit, bitch, you don't like a fucking thing. Because I will have you suck this dick. All right. Eight inches long. Oh my god. Knitting. Oh, I'd be afraid to touch something like that. Oh no, I don't think I should touch it. <laughs> Who is oh, filming I don't this know. thing? I touched it. I touch it when I take a bath and a shower, and that's about it. I don't know. Knitting. I haven't even had my finger in it. Rocking. Knitting in a rocking chair. Just getting in character. Now, am I? Uh, you don't mean my back door, do you? Oh, but I, she's playing a little girl, which is what's gross. Oh my God! Oh my God! Yeah, is, she. I mean, he, he, he's right. She has some serious range. Is there more? Yeah, yeah there's a lot. Oh no! I tell you one thing for sure, baby. I wish you were here right now so you could see me play with my big fat pussy lips. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna. This movie here. This movie's getting me all wet. This pussy. This pussy juice is dripping down my fucking legs. How How old is this woman? What's your guess? I'm six, gonna say sixty-eight. Six, I would say later. I would say no, no. I would say she, she's probably. I would say fifties. I would. Well, because it's like I feel like this is this is an old recording. Yeah, older. Yeah, yeah. It's a little. Yeah, old. yeah at least nineties, if not eighties. Yeah, yeah. That sounds right. I, I right? right. So yeah. I think I think it's kind of like, look, someone put a picture of the traveling Wilburys up, and they're like, some of them are in their late thirties, and I was like, yeah. I cannot believe this. Yeah, like, we insane. need to uh, feel like. Much like we tracked down Robert Champagne, we must track her down. Yeah, oh, you need this we woman need on your see, show. We, we need to see where she is. Oh, now. yeah, baby. I've been caught oh, playing with oh. my pussy lots of times. She's on the toilet. You like to fuck Asian pussy, too, in the at-home? No. No. My name is Manisha Manella, baby. No. I like, to, I like what? to play with my pussy really hard. She's having diarrhea. <laughs> While she's doing a horrible, horrible Asian accent. I mean, it would be more distort disturbing oh. if it was a really good Asian accent. But she's but, expressing her racism while she has diarrhea. Oh my god, it's too much. It's, it's too funny, much. and and she probably isn't even racist. It's just she's just playing to the market. That's what this guy wants. Oh. 
Oh my goodness. You're gonna drink all that goddamn motherfucking cum straight out of your goddamn motherfucking. Oh my, you're gonna drink all that cream and all that fucking chocolate together, bitch. You're gonna suck on my fucking nasty balls and you're gonna suck on my goddamn motherfucking nasty asshole too, bitch. She's playing a man now? I, I can't tell if this is a dom thing where you, a woman just Some of it degrades is. you as oh, much I as see. possible see, yeah. as a woman, but as a man? Or yeah, if this guy is like, look, I'm going to buy the fantasy. It's a high-voiced man, and I'm sucking his balls. You know? Wow. This is incredible. Like, this, someone should make a movie about this I, woman. And I bet she made a bunch of money doing this, too. It's why, why she can't waste her time. No, she, she can't. She's she constant, has to double-task, yeah, dual-task. She's, she's like Gordon Gecko in The Office, just constantly <laughs> on the phone. Right. Well, no matter what he's doing. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> oh! I got a for you right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I wish you put your dick up my asshole. Because? Because I'm a I think she, in, in a weird, what's, what, one of the things that's disturbing about this, it seems like she, I wouldn't say enjoys, but likes these guys, likes what she's doing. I, I probably just likes the, the human interaction, yes. in a way. Like, like elderly people but that no, live alone. And no keep... sense of disgust or no, hesitation. With oh, yeah, that. I do, baby. Oh, oh she, yeah. She's reading? Oh, no, black men don't have any bigger dicks than white men. The only difference is the goddamn motherfucking color, baby. I can promise you that fucking shit. Oh, is she trying to play a black woman there now? I don't... I can't. So, wait, this old white woman with can the be thick a glasses. black woman on the phone with a man and read... What's that, Dostoevsky? It, it looks like Brothers Karamazov. Is that what that is? Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I think we have to, for people who are just listening to the podcast, we, we have to flush this out for you because what we're looking at oh, is, yeah. is too much. It's too much to be believed. It's a lot. It's a woman that may be in her 50s, but she looks like she's in her 70s. Yes. She's wearing a headset, looks like an air traffic controller mm -hmm. headset, uh, in her bathtub, nude, or on the toilet, shitting. Yes. Uh, or doing crossword puzzles or cleaning trash. No shoes. Uh, light shorts. If tank she's top, wearing anything. Uh, glasses that thick. might make Elton John go, no, nah, that's too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dark, yeah. like tinted, large. Tinted, but, but her eyes look about 40 times bigger than yes. they are because they're so thick. Uh-huh. And uh, dyed brown hair. Yep. Like, like Yep. Pulled back, died, like, like Clairol bottle just emptied on her head. Yep. In just a normal <sighs> one-bedroom house or apartment. I mean, it's, it's you know, I mean, it, there's this is like albino white trash. Yeah, this is bad. I mean, it's, this so, is pretty but, bad. Let's be fair. Uh, and then talking this smack to all these uh, dudes. Oh, I'm finger-fucking it really hard for you, honey. She's reading Charles this Darwin. black That's twist right. is going to be fucking you. She's reading the... You the, the put the, your fucking tongue up the, inside uh, of it, what too, the, baby. The, um, oh. The origin of the species. No, no, this is the uh, the, the the trip of the beagle. This is his, this is his, this is when he was out on the ship. <laughs> yeah. See the ship on the side. Yeah. The what do they call it? The oh trip? yeah. Oh, oh okay. The, the uh, yes. The uh, or the the it hasn't. Uh, some, I wish you guys could look this up for us. It looks like it says the origin. Uh, no, I think it's the the, the trip. Yeah, it's a, it's the the yes the trip where, of the beagle or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. the, but it, anyway. I, she can follow. It could be Origin of Species. I think you're right, though, because it looks like there's a ship on there. Yeah. What was that one called? Oh. The Beagle. It was the Beagle. It was the Beagle. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. I can't. It's like I can't listen to a podcast and read a book at the same time. I can't imagine if a guy's like, oh, I'm grabbing your ass. I'm fucking you right now. Wait, like, look. What trying is to that keep behind, him on the hook. What is that behind her, her right side of her head? Is that a lamp? Or is that a No, that's just a, a cord, the, electrical the, cord. that's a charger? Next to her bed. 
bathtub? No, that's, I think that's just a bar of soap on a dish. Oh, okay. Yes, I think you're Oh, right. yeah, that's okay. caulking behind it. Right. It looks Not like a uh, the, the yes. plug-in module for an Apple MacBook, but this is from 93 What's extra interesting is that caulking, that thick caulking that we thought was a wire yeah. that extends down to the left. There's none of that over on the right. Nope, it's just wall. That's black. The wall's open well, on, that, the, it, on the right. I, is that is that, that yes or is that black mold? I, uh, I, I think I it's just tell. the open wall. Okay. But okay, because over on the left, see how it's open wall there too? Well, they say if you can have an open wall, have it right next to a place that'll have a large body of water. Of course. Just slosh into the hole and Does it keep cause going? rot. That was, uh, that was the last clip. All right. Oh. That's a relief. It well, is. Uh, do we know her name? Do we anything about her? Have you guys done any research? No, just phone sex grandma is. Uh... Oh, you know this one. You have to research. Wow, <laughs> you, you, <laughs> come on so now. Long yeah, I mean, I bet she's still around and is mad that that industry collapsed. <laughs> Too bad for her. What's she doing now? Is the question. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. All right, we got any voicemails? Yes, oh, we do. Just so happens. How about that? Hey, Doctor Drew. So I think I have intimacy issues. Mm. Sex kind of scares me. I don't know why. I was only like molested slightly when I was like seven. Anyway, I'm 20 and haven't been kissed yet. So what do you think? Should I like just kill myself? Oh. All right, somebody beat me. Thanks. Wow, this is the mommy fans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like I the way she's like. Uh, I was only molested lightly, but I don't know. Sure. I have a mild have, level. Yeah, why would I have intimacy problems? Wow. So I, we need to know a little more to know what's going on. But I, one of the things that is sort of the way I suggest people approach something like this is uh, find somebody you're interested in, take yourself by the hand and go on a date. Mm-hmm. Then see if you can make out with that person. See if you can do it. Mm-hmm. They'll be happy to participate. If sure. they give it somebody you're attracted to, they'd be delighted to be. And explain what's going on the whole way. So I make sure it's somebody that's willing to take this on. Not somebody right. can be angry with you or they're rejecting or anything. And uh, and just see if you can do it. If you can't do it, I mean, you literally can't do it, then you need professional help. Mm. When it really makes, when you really can't function, you need to see a therapist. You need to see a professional, mental health professional. But uh, take it out and see if you can yeah, do something and see how that makes you feel. Try it out. Yeah, Try and it. don't and and don't overthink it and don't kick your own ass for for the situation right. that you genuinely feel. Finally, the try it out moniker has real meaning here in this show. There you go. Try maybe it out. not the piss on me beat. No, me. maybe not that. Try it out. What else we got? Hey, Dr. Drew. My name is River. I live in northern Indiana, and I was just listening to your most recent episode, and I heard you mention um, something about picking. I don't remember the context, but um, I have a compulsive desire to pick mm-hmm. any scab on myself mm-hmm. and on other people. I know it's super disgusting, <laughs> but it's so much a compulsion. I I can't stop myself. If I have a scab, I have to pick it. And if I see it on someone else, it's like an obsession. My mom used to pick my scabs when I was young. Um, what What is that? Is it because my mom used to pick my scabs? I don't know. Help me out. Or is there some genetic link there that no. scab picking? I don't know. Uh, I'm sure, I would love to look this up online to see if there's such a, a name for scab picking compulsion. I'm yeah, sure there's a name for everything. Uh, it is an obsession. It is literally obsessed with compulsive disorder. Thank you guys for getting on that. Uh, compulsion yeah oh here we go 
Yeah, it's a dermatillomania, which is just picking at your skin. So it goes under the general picker syndrome or skin picking. It, I, I, yeah, scabs are one of the things that, that are on the list here with dermatillomania. And you've heard of trichotillomania, which is pulling hair, which okay. is a more common thing. It can be yeah. anywhere. It can be eyelashes, eyebrows, hair in your head. And these are all actually difficult to treat disorders, interestingly. Mm. Uh, they don't respond very well to medication. They are obsessed with compulsive disorders. Yeah. Uh, if you are using medication to treat them, oftentimes you have to use a very high dose. Like for the trichotillomania, we'll try high, high dose of Prozac. Oh. Uh, for, and it doesn't work for, for a while, if it's going to work. Most people with trichotillomania just live with it and sort of learn how to sort of mm -hmm. moderate it. I'm imagining, I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing the same is true with dermatotillomania, which is what you have. Um, I, you know, as long as you're not, what I was talking about, I remember on a previous podcast was what methamphetamine makes you do, which is you believe there's something, you have something called formication, which is a different thing. You believe there's something under your skin, you start picking at it. Yeah. And then you cause the scabs and you keep picking, trying to get the, right. whatever the delusion is that you have about it, what's under your skin. Mm -hmm. You've seen people do that? Yeah, well, and, and I, I'm, I'm familiar with that, uh, that, that that addiction and, and just just how it's the picking it, syndrome you, you, you in any case where you're talking about the meth addiction or you know that the straight traumatic telemania yeah. yeah you're 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 turning on yourself you know yeah you're, you're attacking but, yourself but but traumatic telemania it, it's a just strict compulsion to pick at these things um, with meth it's a delusion right that there's something under there that you're going yeah, after so, you know gosh yeah and it's just and they get on their face they pick it's just woo. yeah Bad. And uh, it's real rough. That's mm -hmm. rough. I'm sorry you're dealing with that. Um, you know, you might look at the trichotillomania literature or sort of the stuff that's online. People support each other. There's societies. They get support from other people. And they have lots of different tricks up their sleeves in terms of things you could try. But I'm not sure of any, you know, really super effective, easy treatment. Mm. So, all right. What else you got? Good call. Hey, Dr. Drew. My name is Mike from Pittsburgh. Um I just had a quick question about a shooting pain in my left arm. Ooh. Um, it only happens maybe once every other month. It feels like it's inside the bone. My doctor told me to point to where the pain came from, and Ed, that's the best I can come up with. It feels like it's central. I don't like to think of myself as a hypochondriac, but I feel like it's what people feel when they're having a heart attack. And I'm worried that I might be having mini heart attacks All right. once every other month. Doctor hasn't been able to tell me anything about what it might be because it's never happening while I'm there. Uh, any information would be greatly appreciated. Right. Thanks yeah. a lot. You got it. So it, it's not mini heart attacks. Uh, it could be something called angina pectoris, which means that the blood is getting restricted to your heart. You're not actually getting a heart attack where the muscle dies. Mm -hmm. It's probably not that though, and it's easy to rule out. Get a stress echo or just a, even a plain stress test and that will rule that out and you can forget about it. What I worry about are the way you call it so central in the bone, there are things that can grow in your bones that can create kind of funny pains like yeah. that. Now, the fact that it's been going on so long without progressing actually makes me not so worried. Huh. Uh, however, I would at least get an X-ray of that region and I would not, I would get the treadmill just because you feel pretty stupid if you were having a heart problem you didn't test for it. Sure. Uh, but I, I'm feeling more like it's something in the bone. And there are things that can grow in the bone that are worrisome that you would want to know about as soon as possible. So just check it out just to make sure. And it's constant with that guy off like twice a month or something. Every six weeks, something did you like say? That. Something, that's so what I was thinking in my head. It's, but it's not progressing, which is yeah. good. That's mm -hmm. a good thing. 
Here's an email. I'm 33 coming out of long-term relationship. During that relationship and now with others, I've had a hard time maintaining an erection during sex. I can maintain during oral, but it takes forever to finish. I'm having, am I having a mental block? Well, there's interesting versions of this. Um, this is called delayed ejaculation, or some people call it, the British call it, I think, retarded ejaculation because it doesn't occur. That's what they call it. Uh, and it's a very difficult problem. Uh, guys that have that, like a lot of people joke about it. Oh, you get to go as long as you want. It's a difficult problem. And usually what men have to do is uh, stimulate themselves until they're just there and then finish with their partner. Mm -hmm. So you have to kind of, the, the important thing is to work with a partner on this. And it sounds like you're, Mm, you're out of a long-term relationship, but in the relationship, you kind of want to work it out with the individual you're with. Yeah, I, I find that anything sexual, the more communication you engage in, the better. Yeah, uh, you work it out as a, really, yeah, as a couple, like, not as a, somebody just it, trying to perform by yourself. And it's a guy, so it's he does he probably doesn't share very much. It's right. Like, I, can hand, I can deal with this on my own. Sometimes the, the psychology behind this is a retaining, a holding back, and uh -huh. so you don't want to be, it's, you're feeling like you're too close and open or exposed in some way. Oh, yeah. Let go, so to speak. But sometimes it's just biology. Mm -hmm. It really is. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, let me try to find some other. Do we have any other voicemails while I'm looking around for? We email? sure do. Uh, let's get to that. Hey, Doctor Drew. My name is Royce. Uh, I broke up with my girlfriend about two weeks ago, and we lived together. Um, she moved out, and since then, I've been with three girls, and then decided to get sober. Oops. Three days ago. Yeah. Uh, my question is if I should abstain from sex with one or more of these girls that I've been having sex with while I'm getting sober, or should I have a good time and be sober while I'm doing so? So let me know. Yeah. Thanks for everything. Keep them high and tight. Yeah. That's kind of a weird question. I mean, I don't mean weird. I mean difficult in that I'm sure you've heard as you're struggling with the sobriety no new relationships, right? That doesn't mean you can't date or hang out or even some people have sex. It, it, it means don't get in a relationship because really you, our, our, our craziness as people always comes out when we're in relationships and when yeah. you're trying to grow and change, relationships kind of hold you where you were. It, it's, a, it's a connection and you're trying to grow and this person's trying to stay in the relationship. It, it, it doesn't let you grow. So you want to not get in a relationship. I'm imagining that you use sex like drugs in terms of real, real, sort of managing your emotions and stuff. So probably best to do nothing for at least a few months, two, three months while you get through the withdrawal and see where your mood's at, see what comes up as a result of abstaining from not just sex, but the drugs, of course, and uh, dealing with those emotions. Because having feelings for the first time is, is sort of, for the, for the first time in a long time, is really a, a big part of uh, early sobriety. So. Yeah, I mean, it sounds to me like it's it's not that big of a deal to him. To, to, it sounds like the big deal to him is his sobriety. Hence, his that's call. a much bigger. So important. it's kind of he's much more he, important. He's focused on that, which is good. It's not which like he's good. as if oh, I really, really want to sleep with them again or be with right. them again. It's like, no, his well, head's in the right place. Yeah, so yeah, mm -hmm. I agree with that. Uh, love the show. I have a problem when I have a bad headaches and massive anxiety attacks. Oh, I get headaches and anxiety attacks when I headbang. I play in a band. I find that when I get into a song and play and start headbanging, it feels like my brain is rolling out of my skull. It is. It gives me a headache and severe anxiety attacks. Since realizing that happens, I've toned it down a lot. Great. But I want to know if I should be worried. Yeah. I, I mean, just in the sense that you can get what's called a counter coup injury. We, we, the way the, 
the some of the surgeons will describe it as like if you have a pickle floating in a pickle jar, you shake the jar. Oh yeah, the pickle's hitting. That's what your brain does. Oh wow. And yes, it can hurt things. That the little mini concussions. That's how you get chronic traumatic encephalopathy. That's what they worry about with the NFL. Right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I wouldn't do that. That's crazy. And you get headaches afterwards, which is sort of a post-concussive thing. All right, voice message. <laughs> I'm loving these voice messages. Hey, Dr. Drew. This is Jessica. I'm 30 years old. Um, I was calling because I have been hospitalized for chronic pancreatitis uh -oh. three times in my uh -oh. life. Uh -oh. But the last time was 2012. Uh -huh. And Good. since then, I no longer drink. Good. But I was wondering if that will lead to an increased chance of me having pancreatic cancer later uh. in life. Um, love your show. Thank you. Bye. I, I'm, I, I t I'm wondering if you actually have chronic pancreatitis because if you had true chronic pancreatitis, you'd still have a lot of abdominal pain, right? That's the that's the sort of the feature of chronic pancreatitis. Pancreatitis, okay. your pancreas obviously creates all the, the it creates the insulin and the glucagon, but it also creates the digestive enzymes that go into your small bowel. Oh, okay. And when you drink a lot, or if you get a stone in the in that region, the essentially the the cells the the ducts and cells in the pancreas become inflamed. Wow. Some of those enzymatic juices actually leak into the cells. The pancreas sort of digests itself. Oh, wow. That's kind of what pancreatitis is, a huge inflammatory reaction. Hmm. And it, alcohol is one of the easy ways to trigger that. Yeah. And if it's ongoing and never goes away, it just sort of waxes and wanes. We call that chronic pancreatitis. Yeah. But true chronic pancreatitis usually continues after you stop drinking. Okay. So the fact that she stops suggests more that she had like recurrent attacks of acute pancreatitis, oh. which are very dangerous and very serious and do, I think if I remember right, increase some risk of, of pancreatic cancer, but it's not a big deal. That's okay. not the big deal. The big deal is not developing chronic pancreatitis, which is a, a, mess, a mess. Okay. All right. Oh, you got one more for me? Sure he's, he's working away. Though. Last one. Last one. Hey, Dr. Group, big fan of the show. Me and my girlfriend has been dating about a year now. And uh, she just got into her PhD program at Madison here in Wisconsin cool. studying neuroscience. Nice. And uh, she does this thing where she analyzes everything. I know that's why she's so good at school, but she analyzes every little thing that we don't agree on. Mm. She wants to figure it out. And sometimes it just gets frustrating and overbearing sometimes. It could be as small as why I like a TV show and she doesn't. Is there anything I can bring up to her or discuss or anything with her? Oh, that's an interesting question. Yeah. Because I like that she analyzes everything. I sure. think it's a strength. One, one of my instincts <laughs> is like, hey, get some scientific training or maybe some engineering training mm -hmm. and you'll start to think that way too. Yeah. But but the fact that she doesn't pick up on what it's doing to their relationships will bother Yeah, I mean, I think that's sometimes the problem with uh, like like the, like the people that like throw that term around, like facts don't care about your feelings where it's like, oh God. Yeah. You know, like, like, yeah, okay, but what a, first, what an esoteric concept and and second, um, you know, you should be able to uh, roll with whatever the other person yeah, wants for yeah. their comfort zone. So, yes. you know, it, no one likes to be just broken down and analyzed. Well, and, 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 if, like and if you have to have an argument over everything and, and then win, mm -hmm. what I always tell people is the relationship loses. Yeah. When there's a winner, the relationship loses. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if it's just an exercise for you, you're li you like analyzing, understanding things. Tone it down. Mm -hmm, yeah. Tone it down a bit. Uh, we get it. You're a neuroscientist. That's, I, it's great. I actually like it. And it's like I said, one of my instincts is to tell him to get some training to make him more like you. Sure. But I don't think that's very realistic. And by the way, two of you would drive the two of you crazy. Yeah. It'd be too much. It'd yeah. be too much. So enjoy what your boyfriend has to offer. 
and maybe just cut to tone it down a mm-hmm. little bit. So and, and he's got to be a little clearer about what it is, what that does to him, and maybe have a little bit of a some sort of a some a phrase they could use or something to let her know she's doing that again yes. and sort of trig, trigger. Yeah, code. Did, you're married now, is that what you told me? Uh, How yeah. long have you been married? Uh, about two years. And everything going good? Great. I love yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Were you any surprises with marriage? Uh, just just that it. I was ready for things to be harder than they are. And I think it's just, I've kind of just been ready to be in this uh, for the, for longer than I've realized. And I, I think, you know, one thing a lot of guys, uh, and I certainly didn't realize was like, it's, it's, it's half love and half choice. Mm. So you kind of, you know, it has to be someone you obviously love, but also you have to kind of throw yourself. There's a, there's an element of, um, I think of uh, um, uh, Indiana Jones and Last Crusade and the last uh, where he's crossing that thing and it's a leap of faith, but yep. there's no bridge, but he yes. puts his foot out anyway and steps and it steps. It's like that. Yeah, where it's a leap of, of faith and then it has to be, you've got to be willing to just commit. Yeah. Just it's, keep it, working it, on it. To commit to a gamble. Yeah. yeah. But it, it's, it's, it's paid off. It's, it's been great. Were you surprised how good it's been? Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I, th- I think so, but that's kind of my feeling. But I was like, "Whoa, yeah!" I, th- I thought it was you get married, then you die. Uh-huh, like, right? Like, no, yeah, it's something yeah. between. It's kind no, of fun. I mean, I've 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 like gotten in better shape, and it's Good. you know, it's, I've I've been the opposite of the of the stereotype of the. You gonna have kids? I'm done. No, we're uh we're as I'll I'll say in talks now. But Ooh. yeah, so Uh-oh. we want one. We want just one, but uh-huh. uh, you know. You're gonna you're gonna do it again? Have a single I guess. child? <laughs> but look, I would I was voting for two, and she's like, I just want okay. one. Right, so yeah, it, if it was just me going for the one, that'd be a little a little suspect. a little just after today's conversation. <laughs> Absolutely, I'd, I'd wonder. Yeah, well, I want another me, <laughs> just like me. Matt, give us the plugs again. Oh, I have uh, a podcast uh, which you are more than welcome to come on. Ooh, You'd cool. be a valued guest Wonderful. called Advice from a Dipshit with Matt Bronger. Where Fantastic. it's similar to this, but I basically people just bank uh recordings they call this number and uh and just leave you know unlike what we've been doing (laughs) well it's i guess it's the same but uh it's yeah it's the same what am i saying but we don't we don't read but it's anyway i am not a clinician what i know you think all this uh scientific jumbo is spouting that you didn't understand (laughs) when i was saying uh but no yeah it's 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 much more i draw from my own mistakes because i get a lot of younger callers Mm -hmm. i get people that uh, overthink things and 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 worry about FOMO and mm. you know people that are fresh out of the military. I don't know what to do with my life. I feel oh, like wow. my life is over. And it's like no, it's not. Oh. Uh, I always say you know Rodney Dangerfield didn't start doing stand up until he was forty years old, wow. and and uh, that's just one example of how like um, somebody always always a friend of mine always says to me Warren Buffett didn't start really making money until he was sixty. Yeah, see now it's, he's got forty billion dollars or something. <laughs> He's doing all right. Last yeah. I checked, but yeah, it's it's kind of my mine's a little more uh, tongue in cheek and and. Uh, and uh, uh, and wackadoo, but it's but I I treat every caller completely sincerely. You know, I'm, nice. I'm not giving like, them advice on how to be a dipshit. I'm giving them advice on like from a hey, dipshit. Learn from from me. a dipshit. Learn I'd from say. what I would have done and don't do it when I was your age. Kind I of thing. But that yeah. sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Thanks. And uh, for me, check out the website com. Everything's there. The whole family of podcasts. Uh, new studio for uh, this life you live. Got a Stitcher thing coming out. To keep an eye out for that. Or Twitch. No Twitch. Okay. Wait. What's what's the plat- platform? With the gaming. Twitch. Twitch. Right? Yeah, Twitch. Twitch. Yeah, uh-huh. That's a Got something one. coming out there. Uh, check that out. It's coming out in a couple of weeks, probably. Or it might be out now by the time we air this podcast. And uh, Matt, thank you very much for coming Thanks in. Thanks for having me. It was really fun. It. And uh, we'll see you all next time. All right. All conversations and information exchanged during participation of the Dr. Drew After Dark podcast or interaction on the drdrew.com website is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or physician medical advice or direction per se. 
You must always follow your medical professional's advice and direction. Nothing on these podcasts or posted on this site supplements or supersedes the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Please understand, I am not playing the role of physician in this environment per se. I'm educating. I am a licensed physician with specialty boards in American Board of Internal Medicine and American Board of Addiction Medicine.